what is going on everybody once again it is your host william lane i'm here bringing you the staying yell lane podcast it's just me for today which is completely all right as we are currently in the works of doing something real special here soon but what i'm here to talk about today are my most impactful rookies heading into the 2023 NFL season. Now, keep in mind, one of the things that I was thinking about in this list are guys who are entering or who are heading to teams that had a struggle in a certain aspect of their game last year. But I think day one could be very impactful to the success and the well-being of this team on down the road which is one of the big things I considered when making these lists. Hopefully I'll stick around. It's not going to be too long of an episode today, which is just a all right with y'all. And with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get started with it. But before I do last episode, me and Caleb decided to do a wide receiver draft. And if you haven't checked it out already, feel free to go ahead, check that out. It was pretty entertaining, pretty fun. Let us know who you think had the better list in the poll that will be below in the last episode. Our Twitter poll ended just a couple hours ago in which I actually won. And with five votes in, I'm pretty sure I got four out of the five. I honestly don't remember off the top of my head. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead, get us started on this. And with possibly these are, by the way, these are in no order, no order. I'm going to talk about five guys to get us started, and I'm going to, I have some honorable mentions as well who just barely missed the cut, but these are my five guys headed into the 2023 NFL season who I think will make immediate impacts on their rosters. Starting out, we headed to Dallas. Everything's bigger in Texas, baby, and that, that remains true with Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle out of Michigan, who's going to make an immediate impact on that Cowboys roster this season. I was a huge fan of this pick night one, and though many might not consider it to be the sexiest of draft picks, I do come into question if they were watching the same draft as I was. I mean, come on now. That man was shirtless. That was crazy. Now I'm just playing. He's he's an absolute beast, though, in in all actuality. The... Dallas Cowboys allowed almost 2,200 yards in rushing offense last season, which clearly made it one of the weaker aspects of this roster. As, I mean, their pass rush was really good. Their secondary, for the most part, really good. You got guys like C.D. Lamb, who's pretty good. There's not too many holes on that roster, but one of them was at that nose tackle position, and they went out and they filled that void perfectly getting Mozzie Smith. Actually, I'm not too sure. Is it Mozzie or Mozzie? I've always pronounced it as Mozzie. So Mozzie Smith. He's 6'3", 323 pounds, but he does not move like he is 323 pounds at all. Though he's not the greatest in the passing game, he is, however, just a run defense specialist In my opinion, I thought he was the best in that aspect of his position group when it comes to evaluating these guys. And it wasn't just me. 
uh, Pro Football Focus, who I think does actually a fairly good job regarding the or looking at the position groups in the trenches, like offensive linemen, D linemen, I think they do a really good job. And in 2022, he received an 81.3 grade against the run, which I think makes him a clear fit and a clear made him a clear need for this Dallas Cowboys defense. He's once again prototypical nose tackle frame, fairly disruptive in the pass game as well. Day one. Mozzie Smith should be getting a lot of reps in that defense. And it's not like he wasn't getting a lot of reps in college. As he was averaging, I believe, 49 snaps at his time at Michigan, a Power 5 school in which he played in the Big Ten. And the Big Ten has some of our best offenses out there, like Ohio State. So, in Ohio State, they had a fairly good center come out of this draft as well. So he's gone up against good, talented players. So it's not like any question around has he gotten the right amount of reps in that area? No. Surefire, great pick. One of my favorite picks in this draft. I actually really liked the Dallas Cowboys draft as a whole. I thought they knocked it out of the park. And a guy who I wanted to at one point talk about was DeMarvian Overshone out of Texas. He is going to be, I think, fairly good for that Cowboys defense. So, a bunch of rookies on that team to keep an eye out on in this season. Just They're just, once again, a team you need to keep your eye out on. As much as I'm not here to say that it's their year by any means, because I'm not going to say that. That roster is really good. So, well, moving on from that, I actually want to talk about Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Jordan Addison out of USC. And I know before... Kind of before we got into this, I was talking about how when I was evaluating and making this list, I talked about, well, these are some weaker position groups and there's a hole that needs to be filled and there was a void of some sort. And though the Minnesota Vikings, you know, have the best wide receiver in the league in Justin Jefferson, they did lose a long time Viking great Adam Thielen, who he had been there through the highs and the lows for a hot minute. So there was a, in my opinion, a clear void in that wide receiver two, maybe three position. Now, I will say this. I was not, I was fairly high on Jordan Addison, but I wasn't as high as others. I did not think that he possesses, 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 holy cow, I did not think that Jordan Addison possesses the ability to be that top dog, that alpha wide receiver one in the NFL right now. And one of my biggest concerns was if he goes to a team that needs someone like that. Like, I don't know, at the time of before the draft, I mean, the New England Patriots were looking for that, and I did not think he really fit that because most of his production came out of the slot and as more of a gimmick or a gadget guy. At USC, he was involved in a lot of screens and he played a lot in the slot. So, I was a little nervous about him going to a position where he is like heavily leaned on in the offense. But I think he landed in probably the best situation for his career in Minnesota. Oh my God, you get to play behind Justin Jefferson for starters already. Your job is that much easier. I know DeAndre Hopkins was like, wherever I sign, your job's going to be a whole lot easier. No one's job can get easier than playing behind a guy like Justin Jefferson. 
I really think that Jordan Addison could kind of hone in and be this Calvin Ridley-esque player from when Ridley spent time in Atlanta playing behind Julio Jones, the great Julio Jones. And Calvin Ridley, before getting suspended, was extremely, extremely good. He had many people thinking he could be the wide receiver one of that Atlanta offense, but as we know, it kind of played out how it played out. <laughs> I guess let's see here. Uh, in 2020, he had 1,300 receiving yards. So, Calvin Ridley in the end, I mean, he's really good. And that's honestly kind of my big thing with uh, Jordan Addison. I think he fits as the perfect wide receiver too because I mean one thing for uh Ridley Cal or one thing for Ridley Julio got injured in that 2020 campaign if I'm not mistaken which is one of the reasons he kind of took on a whole lot of targets and he could still be a successful wide receiver one but I think Jordan Addison could be the clear-cut wide receiver three of that offense and eventually that wide receiver too, because I'm not entirely out on KJ Osborne. I, I really like KJ Osborne, especially as a deep threat. So there's a place for Jordan Addison in that offense, especially with the recent uh, departure of Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is pretty big loss, and I, I as much as I like Alexander Madison, I'm also here to tell you that's a lot bigger of a jump in talent than I think, or a lot bigger of a regression in talent than people realize because Dalvin Cook he's really good Alexander Madison he's good too I like Madison but Dalvin Cook at his best when fully healthy is just phenomenal so wherever he ends up it'll be very interesting to see he was talking about potentially teaming up with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins so who knows what happens there honestly but that's Jordan Madison for you so, we've talked about Mozzie Smith, Jordan Addison, two guys right there. And I also wanted to say, before, I, I honestly forgot to mention this, when making this list, I was not going to mention quarterbacks. As we know, quarterback is possibly the most important position in football. So, not to state the obvious, if I talked about quarterbacks, you probably would have seen both, or just Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, all of their names would have been on this list, but that's exactly why I didn't include them, honestly. We all know that they're extremely important, and what's vital to their, or what you would call a successful season for each of them, for each of them, varies. Anthony Richardson, like, he's gonna have some up and downs, but he just needs the reps, and we know that. So, maybe it's not this year, but next year he's gonna come on real strong, so. But anyways, that's kind of that. There's going to be no quarterbacks on in this list. So what played a little bit into it is my positional value as well. And I happen to really, really, really go for good secondary guys. And oddly enough, I'm usually really big on edge rushers. But, which, oh man, I guess I'm an idiot. I actually did not have Will Anderson on here. But he's someone that needs to be talked about. I mean... The Texans' defense is far from great, or it was far from great, but it's probably one of the brighter aspects of that team to begin with. 
But what Will Anderson brings to that defense is just phenomenal. So I'm going to just go ahead and actually talk about him for a second. This, for some reason, wasn't planned. But Will Anderson is going to bring a just phenomenal pass rush to that Texans defense that honestly really needed it. And he's going to be an every-down edge rusher. He can play. He can play at a high level. I can think he can play at the next level for sure. I don't think there's anyone who questions that. So, Texans la- or edge rusher Will Anderson is just obviously he's going to make a big impact on that roster day one. He's going to be out there day one, and he's probably going to be out there game seventeen of the year, honestly. And me personally, before the season, before the draft, I stated that. Even if they pick Will Anderson, I can see them back in the top as well. But now that they have both Stroud and Anderson, I'm not so sure about that. They could be pretty good in a pretty weak, actually, yeah, a very weak AFC South. So we'll see with them. Moving on, though. Sorry, that was very brief, but I actually want to talk about... I should I should cry and kind of go to the AFC, and this was really the only guy out of the AFC I was going to talk about, uh, but that was New England Patriots cornerback Christian Gonzalez, and who knows, could be a little bit of bias playing into it, because, you know, thinking about it, maybe Will Anderson should have been in this spot instead, but I, once again, I I think very highly of cornerbacks. I think the wide receiver position, it is very deep, as we know, very deep. And the cornerback position, it is not as deep as the wide receiver position. So a good cornerback is very important on a NFL roster. And usually like a really good pass rush can make up for a bad secondary. Just look at the Titans in 2020. Yes, no, 2021. Look at that Titans roster right there. That secondary was not good. Even last year, that secondary was not that good. But that pass rush masked how bad that secondary was. And made their life a whole lot easier. Christian Gonzalez, though. He is... You you look at the New England Patriots, and when you think of them, you think of a team that has always kind of flaunted a pure man-to-man cornerback. You got guys like Ty Law. You got Revis Island. Stephon Gilmore. All of them were incredible in man coverage. And last year, the Patriots secondary, it honestly impressed me. I've always liked Jonathan Jones. I always believed in Jonathan Jones, but he did a lot better than I thought he would. And you had guys like Marcus Jones and Jack Jones who really stepped up, which I'll talk about Jack Jones here in a second. But Christian Gonzalez now comes into a room where he could be the guy week one. And out of the OTAs and a lot of recent news and Boston media has gone on to say that Christian Gonzalez has come out and looked like the best cornerback on that team in his time out there. So we'll have to really see, but it would not surprise me if he steps up and is in Defensive Player of the Year contention, as he's going to play a lot of really good wide receivers. He's going to run into Garrett Wilson. He's going to run into Stephon Diggs. I'm He's 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 gonna he's gonna run up in both of them twice a year. He's gonna see Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You got to put your best on their best. So it's not gonna be easy for Gonzalez this season. It's really not. There's gonna be a lot to grow. But if he can be successful in those positions, he's gonna play a major role for this Patriots defense. 
as I mean Jonathan Jones really he's extremely good at, he's a great number two he's a good cornerback one he's a great cornerback number two and he can play a lot in the slot but it's looking like Marcus Jones could kind of play in that slot and Jonathan Jones could be go back to cornerback two where he saw most of his success now last year Jonathan Jones played lights out and do I expect that from him again in 2023 I don't know but I think Christian Gonzalez is going to be a great fit for that Patriots defense, especially now that there's a lot of uncertainty regarding Jack Jones, who, as most of you have probably heard about, is was arrested as he had two unregistered guns in his backpack or his carry-on bag at an airport, which, I don't know if you know this, that's not a good thing. That's a big no-no. So there's a lot of uncertainty regarding Jack Jones, which just... Shorten some of that depth at cornerback. You got a guy like Jalen Mills who can slot in at cornerback at time, but with the loss of Devin McCourty, which is a big loss for that Patriots secondary, you're going to need someone to step up at safety, and Jalen Mills is looking like the favorite. So Christian Gonzalez can slot in and play that cornerback one role. He could be one of the most impactful rookies this year. And the only reason I kind of put him up here over Devon Witherspoon is, I mean, I'm not. I, well, I don't know. The Patriots and the Seahawks secondary—they're both pretty. Rel- they're both relatively good heading into this, so we'll see. Anyways, headed back to the NFC. Which now that I'm looking back at it, a lot of these guys are in the NFC, and I'm only going to talk about two AFC guys in the end today. <clears throat> Sorry about that. You know what? It's a water break. Everyone, take a second. Hydrate yourself. It's very important that you do that. All right, I'm good to go. I ain't going to let y'all listen on that. That's This is not an ASMR podcast. This is a sports show, all right? The Stay In Your Lane podcast is not here for ASMR. So with that being said, I want to talk about the Detroit Lions. And it's going to come, I, I don't know if this will necessarily come as a surprise per se, who I pick here, but I went with Jack Campbell. And I, I love Jack Campbell. I really did. I came around on him. I, I actually did. I wasn't like the craziest about him, but I've come around on Jack Campbell. And those who have heard this podcast, you've heard me go on and on about Brian Branch. So I could have very well put in Brian Branch here. But there's a guy, a lot of guys on that roster who are already kind of like Brian Branch. I mean, they got C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who's extremely versatile. So, in that secondary, I it was it's a lot better than what that Detroit Lions linebacker group was looking like heading into this draft. 2021, Detroit Lions linebacker group had 31 combined missed sacks. Or, missed, not, not missed sacks, missed tackles. Not the best number. Last year, it's greatly improved to 20. But now they added Jack Campbell, who was probably one of the most surefire tacklers in this year's NFL draft, which is why I really like the fit. When was the last time you could talk about the Detroit Lions having a really good linebacker room? So this is just the beginning. I think Jack Campbell is going to be fantastic, right? I I really do. He's 6'5", 259. And he's going to be your Mike linebacker, and he can be there for a long time, long time. Last year, he had an 8.9 missed tackle rate. Very good for him, very good. He is a lot faster than I think a lot of people realize. 
He's very good in coverage, or he's, he's very, yeah, he's very good in coverage, all right? He's not as great sideline to sideline, but at the end of the day, he can play in coverage, and he can have success, much in thanks to his size. He's 6'5". You're not throwing over him that easily, so he is amazing in the run game, though. That run defense, that Detroit Lions defense, I would not be surprised if it is top 10 in 2023 and I, I i really believe that if it's gonna if it's not in the top 10 it'll be 11 or 12 so that campbell i thought that was an excellent fit and I, the reason he kind of sort of ranked over guys like once again brian branch oh my goodness the not i almost said deandre swift my goodness jameer gibbs the reason he ranked higher than both of them is it's like i mean the running back group right now, I guess the running back value in 2023 is just, it's highly debated right now. And I've honestly thought about doing a podcast here soon, which if you're interested in that, definitely let me know. Bring it up for me. I, I was kind of thinking about just the, I guess, atmosphere regarding running backs in 2023 because it's, it's weird. It really is. Uh, not to like give out my boy Jack, uh, which... Once again, I, t I talked about it in the last episode. TheJetSweep.com. Check it out. There's some great writers on there. And one thing we've been working on recently is we did a we did a position group draft with without quarterbacks. We had four picks each. It was five of us. And I just made my last pick today. And there were 20 picks in total. But after 19 picks, not a single running back is off the board. And I'm not necessarily surprised by that as it really isn't the most important position right now. Which, if you would have told someone that like in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, they think you're crazy, honestly. And it, it it's weird to see how, I don't necessarily say disrespected running backs are right now. But it's a little, I, I get it. Paying a running back is kind of scary. But I think it's there's just not a good balance right now. A lot of these running backs that got paid, they were handing the ball, they were getting, they were touching the ball nearly 30 times a game. And that's barely sustainable unless your name is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry doesn't grow on trees, by the way. So whereas Josh Jacobs last year played lights out. And now he's playing, he wants money based on how how he produced last year that's great josh jacobs you deserve a lot of money but a lot of what these guys are asking for is a bit hefty for a position group that when you go down for two to three games your replacement usually does the same job maybe not as efficiently but they do nearly the same job as they do so it's i i get it i do i'm not paying running backs i can see it but I also don't think there's a reason right now where I see a guy like Dalvin Cook still on the market. like, And I guess it makes sense for the situation. You got a Justin Jefferson contract coming up soon. You got to save money for that. You can't always have Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook sign. You can't sign all these guys. Kirk Cousins, who knows how long he has. You're kind of stuck with his eh contract. Same, same with the Titans. You paid your running back, you paid your quarterback, 
And it, it's one of those, there's not a whole lot of money to go around now. There's not. You paid Jeffrey Simmons. You, you paid Kevin Byard a long time ago, and that value's looking really good right now. But some people aren't always ahead, and over time, sometimes that value doesn't get better. So I get it. That That's kind of why I didn't have Jameer Gibbs here. Gibbs, I think, will be very good for this team, but they had DeAndre Swift last year. And whereas I'm not that high on DeAndre Swift, really, I wasn't. I never was. He's still a solid running back with ease. So, Jameer Gibbs, just he missed on this spot. I'm not too high on the running back position per se. And, yeah, I guess all I'm trying to say is Jet Campbell, very good. He will be very impactful. Brian Branch, very good. He might also be impactful this year, but he's in a very deep position group on that roster. Jameer Gibbs, also impactful, but I think we're kind of sort of overrating, overvaluing him heading into the 2023 season. I know a lot of fantasy geeks are going crazy about Jameer Gibbs. Ryan, if you hear this, I'm so sorry. I know you loved your Jameer Gibbs pick in one of our leagues. Don't think, and I, I could be wrong. This I'm not a fantasy expert, but I don't think he's going to be as crazy as many people are expecting. Maybe in like PPR formats, but who knows. Anyways, I've talked a lot about the Lions, which, you know what? I'm going to continue to. Check out Twitter. They are bringing back one of their throwback logos for their alternative jerseys, I believe. And oh my God, is it sexy. It's beautiful. I'm so excited for that. I really am. So Detroit Lions, they're going to be an interesting team to watch in 2023 because of guys like Jack Campbell. So it'll be very cool to see if they put it together, especially when, I mean, the Vikings are coming off 13 wins. Are the Packers dead yet? I don't know. The Bears could play the best football that we've seen the Bears play in a long time. Will they get a 4,000-yard passer? Mm, probably not. Will they have a 1,000-yard receiver? Mm, you never know. You, I'm just saying, you never know. Moving on. Honestly, moving on. We're sticking to the NFC, and we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Rams. I want to talk about Steve Avila. The offensive guard, I think it's Avila. Is it Avila? Avila? I don't know. But he's a guard at a TCU. And he is one of my he was one of my favorite interior offensive line prospects in this draft this year. I really liked Avila. And I think he landed in a really good uh spot. And he landed somewhere where they he, that he's needed. Alright. He's very much needed. This Rams draft, you know, to be picking where they were at, they actually did a fairly decent job, I thought. I that I thought they did a pretty good job. So let's see here. Where what did I have them? Well I wait, hold on. Let me see here. I'm checking back at where I had the Los Angeles Rams rated when it came to NFL draft grades. Hmm. I gave them a B minus, and my favorite pick, Steve Avia. But I'm seeing those clips that are coming out of camp, and maybe I was a bit low on them. Stetson Bennett, he looks like he's been balling, but we're not talking about Stetson Bennett. We're talking about Steve Avia, who Stetson Bennett beat in the national championship. Go dogs! I'm not actually a Georgia fan, by the way. I'm a North Carolina fan, but that's for my homie Ryan. <laughs> so. 
Steve V is fantastic interior O lineman. He's probably he was probably one of the strongest O linemen in this year's NFL draft. Honestly, very big, very big. And in his time at TCU, he only allowed four sacks. He didn't allow a single sack last year. I believe he only allowed a QB hit as well last year. And he's he's really good. I love me some Steve Avila. He was one of my favorite guys to kind of watch. And one thing that he could work on is his footwork. It's not always the greatest, but he can be an anchor for this offensive line. And that's very important this year. Extremely important. Especially when Matthew Stafford, he's turning what? He's now 35 years old. He's coming off a year where he got injured around halfway through the season. You can't have him go down again. If you want to have success this year, he cannot go down again. And I'm fairly low on the Los Angeles Rams this year. I really am because I have my concerns for that injury history and just Matthew Stafford. Will we see the same Matthew Stafford? There's no telling. But where he helps in the pass game, he also will significantly improve your power run scheme, which I'm sure Sean McVay loves. I really do. Uh, Sean McVay, he laughed all last year. Well, I thought Coach Strange shot. I looked at him for the fifth round. Well, you know what? You got your guard now and Steve Avia, who they're both good. So, But power run, Steve Avia is going to be fantastic, very strong, very big, and that's going to help guys like Cam Akers out a lot, which I, I honestly don't know what to say about Cam Akers. I don't know if he's overhated at this moment or underrated. I, I don't know because when I watched Cam Akers all these years ago, he looked really good. I haven't recovered from when he absolutely brutally obliterated my Patriots. This was the Cam Newton Patriots, I believe, but I mean, it still happened. He ran for, if I'm not mistaken, it might have been near 200 rushing yards. Let's see here. Cam Akers versus New England Patriots. I'm so sorry if you can hear that typing. He had 194 total yards. Who's to say Steve Avia cannot help him return back to that form of player? Because he's been playing behind a very, very, very bad offensive line. So has Daryl Henderson. So has that whole running back group. That other line has been in shambles recently. So. In 2022, the Los Angeles Rams surrendered the third most sacks in the NFL. You just can't expect to have success and have that happen, really. You can't. And you play in the NFC West, which going into last year, the NFC West was all anyone wanted to talk about. Oh, well, the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. 49ers got something to prove. You're going to have... Oh my god, what was it? Oh, the Cardinals with Kyler Murray, which, yikes. That's a whole situation in itself, which, saving for another episode. And then you had the Seahawks, and the Seahawks, in the end, they, they've been better than anyone thought. A lot of people had them last. I'm pretty sure I had them last in that division, but what do I know? They play in a tough division. Still a relatively tough division. You're going to have to play the Seahawks twice a year. You're going to have to play the 49ers twice a year. Who knows? Uh, maybe I'm a little low on that Rams team, but I'm not sure. With Steve Avila, I have a little more confidence. So, moving on, I kind of really talked about a lot of the guys I wanted to talk about, like, heavily cover. So, I kind of want to go into my honorable mentions. These are guys that I believe will make an impact. 
but I'm just barely leaving them off at like most impactful. And I'm going to go ahead and just start with Jonathan Mingo for the Carolina Panthers, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Oh, man, Jonathan Mingo. He's going to be something. He can really be something. There, there, are, there are a lot of targets up for grab in that Carolina offense this upcoming season with Bryce Young. And I would not be surprised if Jonathan Mingo could become, like, his, his go-to guy. I'm really not. Do you want to lean on Adam Thielen at the age of 33, coming off of a career low in, what was it, receiving yards as well as touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken? I'm not too confident in that, and I'm not saying Thielen's going to be a non-factor. He's definitely going to be a factor in that offense. You got DJ Chark, who's really good. or he, He's solid. He played really well. I think a lot of people forget he had a 1,000-yard receiving year with the Jaguars not too long ago. So DJ Chark is really good, but Jonathan Mingo, different style than both. Jonathan Mingo is a phenomenal 50-ball guy. He has very strong hands. He comes down with that ball almost every single time, and he could be very good at the next level. He was 7th in the SEC last season in receiving yards. He has and he is an excellent size to play the wide receiver position at this next level. He's, I believe, what, 6'2", 220, 225, somewhere around there. I really like that size. And honestly, I I read a couple of times that he kind of, and it's a very similar evaluation to A.J. Brown coming out of college, but it's like a running back at the wide receiver position. And I agree. He is strong. Once he's in stride, you can't cannot bring him down you won't stop him so i wouldn't be surprised if he's an aj brown-esque type of player or maybe not dk metcalf but he could look like his what uh would they have been former teammates but former Ole Miss receivers as well he could be a lot like them so making that connection i really like jonathan mingo he could he could be really good there's a lot of targets up for grabbing that was that offense once again he is entering that system at the same time as Bryce Young, so they immediately can make a connection. And if I was Bryce Young, I'd be looking Mingo's way a lot this year. So, moving on, Chicago Bears. Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Man, the Chicago Bears had a weird, very, very, very weird draft. And it's not necessarily because of who they drafted, it's just how everything unfolded. You lose, you get the first overall pick, so you basically win because, you know, you get the last overall pick. And you have your, or they have their franchise guy, they believe, for now, in Justin Fields. And you go out, you trade it with the Panthers, you get a pretty good package back. You then trade again with the Cardinals. And then you trade a third time with Philly, which I'm still mad that they let them get Jalen Carter. I'm actually furious they let this happen. But Darnell Wright's a good pick too. He was he, he was one of the best tackles in college football in 2022. You'll give him that. If you want to go see somebody put on a clinic versus Will Anderson, you want to see how to stop Will Anderson, go watch Darnell Wright tape. He probably did the best job against Will Anderson that we saw in college football. So, he could be really good. And he could make an immediate impact on that roster. So, Matt, 
that that O line wasn't that good. Justin Fields was running for his life constantly in that la- or last season, and just honestly, his entire time, they they have not had a good O line, and they haven't had many good pieces surrounding their quarterback for a couple of years now. So here we are, third year in the league. They go out, got a guy like Darno right. Justin Fields could take a leap forward. You got DJ Moore now, and now you got someone who can give you the time to throw the ball to DJ Moore. So I really like the Darnell Wright pick. A lot of people, I felt like it was a polarizing pick because some people love Darnell Wright and some people aren't as high on Darnell Wright. So moving on again, I will talk about an AFC team rarely. Wow. Pittsburgh Steelers, Joey Porter Jr. And honestly, I could slide in. Corey Trice, but no, I think Joey Porter Jr. will play a much bigger role for this secondary, as the Steelers have had a bottom half secondary last season, and it, it, Minka Fitzpatrick looked like a one-man show for the most part, honestly. If it wasn't for that pass rush, it would have looked a lot worse, and they have a lot, they have a good bit of new faces in this secondary, but of all the additions, I think Joey Porter Jr. is not only the best, but he has the best, oh my goodness, he, he has the highest ceiling of them all. You look at who they lost last year. They lost Cam Sutton, who's pretty solid. So, mm. and then you got newcomers like Patrick Peterson, Chandon Sullivan, Corey Trice, Keanu Neal, and Joey Porter Jr. I think Joey Porter Jr. could be really good for the Steelers team. And of course, I mean, Who's his dad? Oh, it's 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 Joey Porter. Wow, that's crazy. Anyways, so kind of my guys heading into this 2023 NFL season. I told y'all this was going to be a bit of a shorter episode. We're nearing almost 40 minutes, though. So I appreciate you if you've made it this far. I really do. I'm looking at the NFL draft, and one reason I didn't bring up B. John Robinson Man, it's it's weird. It's one of those things I just talked about the value of running backs earlier, when it came to Jameer Gibbs, and here I am looking at I'm looking at B. John Robinson at eight, and it's not that I don't like the pick. I like the pick. I love B. John Robinson. In my opinion, B. John Robinson was probably the best prospect in last year's draft. I I would take him over Will Anderson almost. So I guess I should have had him more included. He's one of the best running back prospects we've seen since Saquon Barkley. And it's like Tyler Algier had a thousand yards last season. Tyler Algier didn't start for the most of the season as well. So for him to still be that, like he has a really good O line. And I don't necessarily think maybe it's like I like Algier. But I also don't necessarily think it was the talent of Algier. I think it was the talent of that offensive line, which is why. I mean, B. John Robinson, he's going to get too great. That O line is really good. Unless he's more involved in that passing game, which needs more help, then that, that's kind of why he just barely missed off this list, which I think he could. That, that's a part of his game that I think will surprise many people when they see him go absolutely berserk this year. So. I, honestly, I was on it. I surprised myself when I didn't really talk about edge rushers because this year there were a lot of very solid edge rushers in this draft. Because I mean, I talked about Will Anderson a little bit. It's shame on me for not talking about him more. So, 
I guess overall, that that's really all I got for you guys today. So I hope y'all don't mind the shorter episodes. If you liked it, let me know, really. I, I'd appreciate it. I love y'all's input. I'm going to kind of wrap things up. So if you would like, you can always find me on Twitter at Lane. That is my Twitter, T-H-E-W-I-L-L-I-E-L-A-N-E, The Willie Lane. My goodness, I just word vomited on you guys right there. I hope y'all don't mind. We have our own official Twitter as well for the Stan Lane podcast at S-I-Y-L podcast. That is our official Twitter. I will be doing polls. I will be letting y'all know of our episode release, which I guess I haven't necessarily publicly put it out there when we, we when we will be releasing episodes but look forward to episodes every monday and thursday i'm currently thinking 9 a.m eastern 8 a.m central time that's kind of around where i'm thinking maybe 8 a.m eastern 7 a.m central i don't know it's gonna be around there every monday and thursday i appreciate you guys so much y'all are the reason i keep doing these things i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave up a questionnaire at the bottom of this episode, Joe, please take the time. Let me know who do you think will be one of the most impactful rookies. And I'll talk about it on our next episode, maybe just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. I'm going to bring it up because there, I'm sure there will be some interesting answers. So if, you, if there's a guy I missed out on, leave it in the poll down below. I appreciate you guys so much for making it this far in the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and head out. Hope you all enjoyed. And I need each and every one of you to stay in your lane. Peace.